Hey familia, we're Edgar and Janet. Bienvenidos. This is Hanging With. The Soteros Podcast. Good mama and dada. I love it. Thank you, Ariela. Hey familia, on today's podcast, we dare to ask, are we raising racist children? Mm. Uh, this question was inspired by the racial inequality crisis that has been going on for generations now and that we wish to stop and, or at least help in stopping it. And right. also by a question that our three-year-old daughter recently asked us about a black girl in one of her books that totally caught my wife and I off guard. It really did. So how do you and how do we better equip the next generation to be more loving, more accepting, more empathetic, and more kind as we thrive to break the chain of racism and discrimination? So since uh, we're not experts, mm -hmm. uh, we are learning with you. We invited our good friend, licensed marriage family therapist, and Pepperdine University professor, cue me, Heather Gibbs, to chat with us coming up next. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say. We're grateful to God to have this opportunity to hang out with you. I am Shaboy Edgar, my beautiful wife, Janet. Hi, guys. Hi, Heather. Hey, Edgar and Janet. I am so happy to be here today. She's on via Zoom. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for daring to listen to this particular episode. Um, it speaks very highly of you that you're interested in being part of the solution and not the problem when it comes to racial discrimination. And before we go ahead and tell you the story about how our daughter asked us a question that caught us off guard, we'd like mm -hmm. to tell you a little bit more of uh, why Janet and I decided to talk about this on our very first full episode. And uh, we want to do better, basically. We want to do better so that our kids' future will be better. And when it comes to equality, especially for people of color, but it's been a few weeks since uh, George Floyd, another unarmed black man, was killed by a bad police officer. And right. although it's not true, representation of all police officers. Right. Shout out to the good ones. We have a friend, Omar in Jersey, the Acardis in NYC. We love you guys. Yes. But unfortunately, it is an ongoing issue for people of color. And you can hear the generational pain, frustration, and outcry from our black brothers and sisters as they're going out and protesting. And I want to share this audio with you. And Heather, I don't know if you've heard this one. It's at a protest, and it's three black men. One is in his 40s. One is in his 30s. And they're speaking to a 16-year-old mm -hmm. about how his generation, the younger generation, needs to find a different way is come up with a better way because how we doing it it ain't working he angry at 46 i'm angry at 31 you angry at 16. you understand me putting yourself in harm's way is not the way you and then other your counterparts the same age and that has that same power y'all come up with a better way it's uh it's absolutely heartbreaking to hear that frustration in that man's voice and you could just hear like we're tired we've been tired right my heart is racing so hard right now every time i hear this audio i mean it makes me feel so much pain and it pisses me off honestly edgar and i have been broken more by this social inequality than by coronavirus. Yeah. Would you agree sure. to that, babe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, coronavirus is like you protect yourself, you look out for others, and then you move on. But this other pandemic is... I mean, 
coronavirus, we're praying. We're like, okay, you know, let's stay home and stay protected. Let's pray for those that are that need to heal. But with racism, it's like we can't do much but educate ourselves yeah. and teach our daughters yeah. what we're going to learn from you, Heather. And I wish and I pray that our country would invest as much time on this topic of racism as they are on finding a vaccine for coronavirus. I mean, it's basically the same thing. It's killing us. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not black, but it's killing my soul. It's every day so sad just to see what's going on. And love, that's a, that's a great point. You know, we're not black. Heather, you're half black and, and half white. And, you know, especially being immigrant ourselves and being Mexicanos and Latinos, we've experienced racism and discrimination in this country as well, differently, but very similarly. And therefore, I believe with more reason, we should empathize with this struggle. And I know it can become like super overwhelming trying to think, I got to change every racist's mind. That's hard. Mm-hmm. But let's just start by not raising a racist in our own home. Mm. I believe racism is learned. Kids have a blank canvas. And let's be honest, for those of you that have kids or have little brothers and sisters, primos y primas, they're a reflection of who you are. They start talking like you. They start acting like you. So they are seeing how we're reacting to all this right now. And that's how and why we want to dive into it with Heather and speaking about this. Heather, what was it like going and visiting your white family? As a child, um, I don't know that they were ready to open their their secret home and their private conversations to have a mixed race um, kind of dynamic. And so there was a lot of uphill battles where people would say things that were microaggressions and didn't understand that they were hurting somebody that shared the same blood as them. And so I think I was mm. privileged to have a front row seat to people having to identify their privilege and identify that there's so much more deeper than skin color that bonds us together. And I can stand here and say today that I love every single one of my white family members the same much, same as I love my black family members because we have fought that fight together yeah. and love has conquered all of it. Mm. I love what you said. It's like they were still discriminating or saw you different or as less than at times, even though you literally had the same blood running through your veins, meaning the same yeah. DNA right. or very mm-hmm. similar DNA. And you know what? We see it amongst Latinos as well, right? It's mm-hmm. like, as the the darker skinned Latino uh, that you yes. are, you are discriminated against, seen less than. And I think it probably comes from the Spanish that uh, came in, the conquistadores into yes. Mexico. Yes. And mm-hmm. then the white Europeans that came here to the States and so on and so forth, that for some reason it's been engraved in us as behavior as that they're the ones with the power, they're the ones with the money and so on and so forth. And it's still, even though sometimes we don't realize it, it's, it's, it's in the way we act and react to things. Right. Definitely. Right. And I love the point you made earlier too, Heather, that racism is different than, you know, for example, uh, discrimination or prejudice, right? Racism right. is about, you know, I believe my race is better than your entire race right. and there's a system to support my race and not yours or that better yes. serves mine. And how would you say about prejudice or d- other discrimination? I think prejudice is something that is taught. Um, It's not something that we inherently are born with. We um, take in a lot of information from the world around us. And we, um, you know, there's a biological component to comparing ourselves. Um, And if you look at even a, a little baby, a newborn baby who looks at someone that's different than them, there is a response that this is this is new. This is scary. But I think we learn 
to give value to that or to create stereotypes that attached meaning to the, you know, the racial depiction of that person. And so I think that there's a, there is a learned prejudice and then there is a systemic racism and both need to be addressed. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because as you know, people who are sitting on our couches watching the news of um, the recent murder of George Floyd, we feel powerless, right? We wonder what can we do? And we can't go overthrow the system today, right? There's a lot of steps and a lot of people and a lot of power that will need to kind of fall in line to start making some drastic changes in the system. But we do have control over how we treat people today. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, the way that I look at this conversation we're having about, you know, how to make sure that the conversations with our children are not perpetuating this racism, Right. That goes exactly into what we, we want to share. We're going to be completely open and vulnerable about this whole situation, right? So we recently had My a situation that happened with our daughter, Ariela. Uh, mm-hmm. She's three years old. We have a younger daughter, Alani. She's one. And completely innocent, obviously. Right. Plain canvas. Super cute. Thank Aww, you. Thanks. thanks to my wife. No, that's all you, babe. But 2.0 version. 50% me. <laughs> no, but, but every night we, we take her to bed. We have a little routine with her and we pray. We read books. And we were reading a book to her that has kids from all different cultures. And she saw a black girl and she asked us, what happened to her face? And Edgar and I were like, what? It like threw us off guard. I was like, what? Yeah, we said, Nothing happened to her face. Her skin's a different color because she's from a different culture. And her little eyes were just like staring at us like, what is going on? And then, and then we she just, moved on. Yeah, and then she moved on. So it was like, whew, like, wow. But I do remember, happened. Heather, that we were even like, and we want you to know that she's beautiful and smart. And then we went through every single page with mm-hmm. every child in it. And we're like, they're beautiful and smart and so on and so forth. So it's almost like we got defensive in a way. It was weird. Yeah, We did not mm-hmm. expect that. Yeah, I think my favorite thing to tell parents is there's always another chance, right? So don't get stuck on what words you chose and how you handled this one situation because there are so many opportunities to have open conversations with your children. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first thing you did right. Mm -hmm. You didn't avoid the conversation. You responded to her. And, you know, when you are aware of what your emotional response is to something, you said you felt a little bit um, defensive, defending the girl in the book. And I could imagine maybe even, you know, not wanting people to think that you guys are racist, right? If your child says this, then I hope she never says it in front of anyone else because what are they going to think about us? Well, totally. So with that emotional response, you could have jumped on her or shamed her or made her, you know, don't ever say that. And Mm. you could have had such an emotional reaction that what you were inadvertently telling her is this conversation is not safe, Mm. that you cannot ask questions, that you cannot bring up race. And Mm. so I think what you did right was you just had an open conversation. It's less about the words you said and more about the tone, more about you know, making her feel safe and more about making sure that you did not shame her because she had a question. Mm. And so that will lend itself to having open conversations about race in the future. So I think the books is a great idea, right? The books is a way to like not sit her down and say, I have a really important conversation about race that I need to have with you. <laughs> right. But mm. instead, do it in a fun and informative way. So whenever she's reading the books and she comes up with a question, that's when you guys are open and ready to have the conversation. Every parent that's listening, every tío or tía or older brother or sister wishes that, and we've heard of this many times, right? I don't want my kids to see color. 
I know what they mean by that. I know what I meant by that. When I would say things like that, it's like, I don't want them to see people as being more or less than because of their skin color. But the reality is that we do see color. That's a fact. But just because we do see color, yes, we are different. We should celebrate our differences, but we are equal in value. We're so afraid of like, oh my gosh, my child or my younger brother or sister saw them different or saw color. And mm-hmm. we shouldn't be freaked out by that. That's a beautiful thing. We should celebrate our differences, right? I agree. I I will, you know, respectfully always challenge that statement of I don't see color um, because we want to celebrate differences. We want to be happy that people have different cultures and different foods and different music and different lifestyles. And that's something that in America we should embrace because if you're in a different space, most people have the similar, you know, tradition and culture. Since we're blessed to be in a space where we get to share our environment with so many diverse populations, let's embrace them. Let's not stifle them. Great answer. Coming up in just a moment, you'll find out how you can raise strong and confident women and men of color. Also, we'll let you know how you can win a $50 gift card just by hanging out with us. We really appreciate the love. Heather, how do we explain what's happening to younger kids, especially if they've seen the George Floyd video along with the protests and everything they're, they're being exposed to on social media, television, and so on and so forth? So this is probably a, a really difficult question for me personally because I do have children, right? I have uh, two young girls, one that is six and one that's 10. Conversations about race are already difficult, but then conversations about death are scary. Um, but I guess my suggestion is don't shy away from the conversation. Um, and there's obviously going to be varying degrees of like the context and the details that you do provide. And you can make sure to check in with your child's safety, with their self-esteem, and also have a, a very real conversation to not gloss over the fact that the world's not perfect. Right. And I think if, if we do that in an empathetic and in tuned way, then we're actually gifting our children with the feeling that I'm responsible for creating change in the future too. Mm, Empathy is such a key word, right? And being able to empathize for the others and feel for others, even though you're not in their shoes, like Janet said earlier, Mm -hmm. I'm not black, but it still hurts, you know, and I may not ever understand exactly what that's like, but I can still feel for you and support you and be there for you. Right. Um, This next question I love, and Janet's the one that brought up this question. And I think is one of the best questions because a lot of people including myself, want to know how to do this exact thing. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it all started because I was like, oh, God, why did God give us two daughters? <laughs> and I'm like, I feel so blessed. But at the same time, it's, it's such a responsibility, you know? To do you have, think it's more of a responsibility with yeah, girls and boys? because being a female, oh, yes. right? Right, Heather? <laughs> Heather, you have two daughters as well, right? And she's two like, stepdaughters. She's like, yes, right away. Uh-huh. It's like yep, we're yep. already looked down upon by our society. And then how do we as parents empower our daughters are, you know, our sons, but like for me personally, how do I empower my, my daughters, our daughters to be, have a great self-esteem so that they know what their rights are and how to, you know, become better people that won't allow themselves to be devalued. Like, I don't want our daughters to be discriminated or for them to discriminate others based on skin color. But the truth of the matter is, and I think this is where your fear or frustration comes from love and mine too, is that they are going to be discriminated, unfortunately. Right. So how do we raise them to where it won't affect them as much? Correct. 
Again, this is a hard one for me too, right? I'm raising young women. Um, I was raised around very strong black women and, um, and generations past. And so I don't want to pretend that this is not an uphill battle. And so there's this word intersectionality, mm. right? All of our identities and how they interact with the world around us. So if you are a woman, that's already a struggle. If you are a person of color, that's a struggle. When you add in your socioeconomic background, that also adds some struggles in life. Mm. So my favorite um, phrase is called double consciousness. It's, a, it's coined by W.E.B. Du Bois. And what it means is to be aware of who you are as a person and also be aware of how the world sees you. Mm. And I think those two simultaneously are so important for the safe place that, that your child is growing in at home to know who they are, know that they are powerful black and brown children mm. and that we can make so much change in this world and that we are intelligent beyond measure. But also you have to understand that when you walk outside this door, not everybody will see you that way. Right. Right. So we're teaching them to think critically and empathetically, right? You got to be vulnerable in these conversations with your children. At the end of the day, we are trying to build strong people, they're able to put their armor on because they have faith in themselves. Yeah. So they may not always address a, a inequality or a racial comment, but if they're secure within themselves, yeah. all they need to do is think critically. Do yeah. I need to address this? Is this an issue with them? Right. Is this their problem? Is this something that hurt me so deeply that I need to actually challenge this person because I care about them? Wow. Right. Don't fight the battle on the bus stop with someone who's just ignorant. <laughs> Do fight the battle so that you can be seen and heard and valued as a person. Thank you for sharing so that. Good. Keep repeating the word empathy and, and about identity and strength and value and not being devalued and something that we're instilling in our girls. And Jenna is an amazing example because she's such a woman of faith. Oh, I'm thanks, a person love. of faith as well, but you're a great leader in that love. Yeah. And, and, and I want to share it with our girls is that your worth comes from being a child of the most high. Mm-hmm. Your worth comes from from the king of all kings. You know, your worth comes from Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. That's how much you are loved. That's how much you are cared for. Right. And regardless of what goes on, that value never changes. No matter how many times you've been stomped on. I remember an example hearing at, at a church one time, a preacher was talking about a hundred dollar bill, right? They're like, who wants this hundred dollar bill? And everybody's mm-hmm. like, yo, me, me, me. <laughs> and then they're like, what if this hundred dollar bill, I told you that it's been stomped on. Who still wants it? Me. What if I told you that it's been dirtied and ripped? I still want it. What if I told you that it's been in the hands of the worst people in the world? I still want it. And he's like, why do you still want it? And it's because it's worth hasn't changed because it's creator gave it is worth mm. not Amen. what it's been through, mm-hmm. you know? So yep. on the spiritual side, we also want to teach him that and empathy. Also, I think prayer helps, right? So every night we pray with our girls and we're te- little by little teaching them how to pray as well because it allows them to think of others right. who are going through difficult things. And I wouldn't be a good father if I didn't uh, show you a little bit of how Ariela prays, our three-year-old who's awesome. So here's yeah. a little example. And some of the words I know she probably doesn't completely understand, but check this out. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus' name, for Mama Lani. And thank you, Lord, for Jesus' name, for doctor, nurses, or people sick and masks. Yes. And thank you, Lord, for and just me for lying in my want to go sleep my bed. Yes, amen, Lord. May she sleep in her own bed. Bed. And for all the people that are hurting right now, mm-hmm. can you pray for all the people that are hurting? And people are hurting. Yes, and we want mm-hmm. equality and love. Equality and love and what's 
and watch TV. <laughs> yes, that too. And pray for abuelitos, please. Pray to see the bay house and mommy dad. In Jesus' name, amen. <sighs> oh, what a cry. That is so endearing. And, and here's the thing, right, is we just introduced the word equality into a prayer. That's a big one. She may not know. She doesn't <laughs> know how to say it. But also, I, I think back to this, Heather. She didn't know what te amo meant. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I love you in Spanish. But mm-hmm. we kept repeating it to her. We kept showing her. And now, when she sees my parents or grandparents or us, Ariela would say te amo, and she leans in for a hug or a kiss. So eventually, it becomes a learned behavior. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping for with equality and being intentional about diversity and, and learning about other cultures. And also another way we're making her strong is like, we're making her super proud of being Mexican American. We're like, arriba Mexico. And you know, we get all excited when she wears the Mexico Jersey or we just had a Memorial day and she went out and put out flags outside of the house. Oh and we were telling them, you know, what Memorial was all about, yeah. you know, respecting the heroes that are now in heaven for our country. Up, yeah. Right, love? Mm-hmm. That was fun. And then she got it. She's so smart. That's the one thing I want to get out of this podcast, I think, mainly. That one day when they hear this and they understand everything, that they know that they should treat others the way they want to be treated and to know their worth. Love, I consider you a confident, secure woman. And being Mexican-American, being a minority, what did your parents do to raise you to be this confident woman that you are today? Oh, thanks, babe. Yeah. They instilled in me um, a lot of faith, a lot of faith in God. Todo es darle gracias a Dios siempre and pray and take everything to God. And also the way my dad has treated my mom with so much respect and love has shown me what a woman's worth is. And I love that. And I love that I can talk to them about anything and everything. And and I love that they uh, instilled in me also our roots, our culture. I'm yeah. so proud to be Mexican. I've danced by it folklorico. You know, my dad comes from a, of a family of musicians. They've uh, had mariachi bands, my grandpa. Besides doing equipales, you know, for a living, which is like the pigskin chairs. and But um, I love the mariachi, the culture, the colors, the everything. Yeah. So I think the, the trust and the faith and the respect and love I saw on my you know, with my parents has allowed me to be this woman that I am today. That's awesome. Have you ever said that to your dad? I think it'd be awesome to tell him like, dad, I know my worth because of how you treated my mom. And I knew that that's how a woman should be treated. I am such a daddy's girl. Look, I'm about to cry. That's, that's beautiful. I hope <laughs> I hope you. our daughters say that to me one day, you know? They will. Because you know what? I've always wanted somebody like my dad. And <laughs> I think I found that in you, besides the fact that he's super handyman. But... <laughs> Los dos somos mandilones. No, pero tienes mucha fe en Dios. He has that too. You know, you have like great work ethic and I can yeah. keep going. And anyway, so yeah, cool. I'm very blessed to have you as my husband and him as my dad and my mom. Obviously. Gracias, suegros, for doing such a great job with Janet and uh, blessing me with her and my, our life now. Oh, amen. <laughs> uh, and before wrapping up, Heather, is there anything else you would like to add in regards to raising a kind, empathetic child, raising up a younger generation to embrace diversity? Okay, so I want to send you guys away with three tips that will help raise a child who uh, celebrates diversity. I think the first one that we've talked about continuously is having open and honest conversations with your children from a place of non-judgment. We want them to feel safe. We want them to know that this is a space where they can ask questions. But even still, we want to we watch what we say when they are listening. Mm. 
when we are watching TV and we're commenting on someone we see, mm. when we're at a restaurant or a grocery store and we make comments, when we're in the car and we make comment about somebody's driving. Right? <laughs> so not only yeah. do we want to actively have very um, important conversations with our children, but we also want to watch our mouths. Mm, we want to realize that these children are absorbing everything they see. That child can, can take that in and can say that to hurt somebody one day. The second one is building a very strong sense of self and identity. Like you guys said, your child should be proud of their own identity. The roots, right? We yeah. want to build a sense of culture and a sense of community with their own identity that is rooted in love, but is not rooted in we are better than another group. Oof. Right? Say, it, so, say it again for the people in the back. Heather, <laughs> so, yes, we want our children to be proud of their culture but we do not want them to think that my culture is better than. And so what that saves space for is embracing who I am and having a self-esteem and then also embracing who everyone else is and celebrating those differences, this, those differences also. One disclaimer, Heather, unless it's the World Cup and it's Mexico no. playing against anybody else, we're rooting for Mexico. <laughs> As you should. As you should. Right, love? I guess. Right? We, we, I want, guess. we want our people to succeed and we want everybody to succeed, right? Those of are not course, mutually yeah. exclusive statements. Yeah, no, preach. Um, and I think the third one would be vulnerability, right? Vulnerability. Brene Brown is one of my favorite psychologists and being vulnerable is what allows us to feel connected as human beings, whether it's to our family, to our loved ones, to someone we meet on the street corner. Mm -hmm. So having the courage to share what our experiences are, to connect on the fact that we are all in pain right now, yeah. right? That, that, um, that video that you played in the beginning of the generations of black men, we're all in pain. Mm -hmm. I think that was the common the common thread. And not only are the black people in America in pain, but all of our allies are in pain too, right? We're not the only ones out there protesting. We're not the only country protesting. There are people protesting in Japan and Germany and London. And we are so thankful that people have showed up and showed out. Yeah. And I think what the common denominator is that we're all connected. We all live in the same space and we're all human beings that feel hurt and just want to feel connected in life, and we teach our children to be vulnerable and empathetic, then they will learn how to prioritize love and connection to others above all else. Thank you, Heather, for breaking it down like that. Let's be honest, love. We've been in quarantine now for three months, along with our listeners right now, and, and a lot of people, we've seen the memes. It's like, yo, 2020 is canceled. It's been the crappiest year ever. A lot of shit has gone down. He says, no manches, wait, what else? Right. It keeps getting worse. To be honest. And it feels like our country's collapsing. But I believe that now we have an opportunity, because it's collapsing, to rebuild it with a better foundation. And not a foundation that's just leaning to one side. So I, I would dare to say that 2020 has not gone to waste. It's not canceled. Since we're not being distracted by sports or concerts or going out for dinner or parties, we're forced to look at our country in the mirror, at our hearts, and deal with some issues that we haven't dealt with in a really long time. That just, it's about damn time we deal with it. I just got to say, I love you. You always look at the positive. <laughs> it's so hard for me sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> but it's true. We've got to stay focused and positive and faithful. And I'll say this. I'm so positive because when I am down, you're the first person to lift me up, love. And you're the first person to say, let's pray about this. And I, I want to thank you for that. Mm. And, and you got to surround yourself by a core group of people that will pray for you, that will lift you up like our friend Heather and thank so on and so Heather. forth. And mm -hmm. 
this whole concept of 2020 is not canceled. Leslie Dwight that wrote that it's not canceled. Let's go out. Let's listen. Let's take action. Let's register to vote and vote so we can change that foundation and change those systems. You can visit vote.org, votolatino.org, our great sites. Thank you, Heather. Before we grab all your information, I want to tell our listeners that we do have to tell you about how you can win a $50 gift card. And also I want to play this uh, powerful audio for you that hopefully will leave you with hope and, and feeling good. Thank you so much, Heather, for being with us. Where can people find you if they have any questions, et cetera? So my Instagram handle is Heather underscore the underscore therapist. And you can find me on Twitter at Heather the THP. All right, Familia, I just want to ask you to please support us. We're just starting on this podcast and we want to hear your feedback. How can we do it better? Constructive criticism is welcome only. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, make sure you subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Please rate it. And uh, that will help us out tremendously to get it more exposure. As a thank you, we're going to be giving out a $50 gift card to one of the first 50 people that subscribes, rates, and leaves a review on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully, that will be you. And you can find us as Hanging with Los Sotelos. Follow us on social media. And you can find us by using the hashtag Los Sotelos or visit our website, losotelos.com. Shout out to all other podcasts that are doing amazing work and uh, speaking about this and yeah. having this important conversation. Like our friends, A Tu Lado Podcast, Claudia and Raul. Shout out to them. Also, Certified Mama's Boy, our boy Kramer out there doing great work, along with Miguel Fuller. Check out their episode. Also, Laura with the Bear It All Podcast. And we want to leave you with a very powerful audio collage that my nephew, Eddie Sutelo, put together. We love you, Cheeks. Cheeks. Cachetón. Just basically showing us that there is hope. Everything we're going through is worth it because change is happening but it can't continue without you or without us uniting. It includes Bishop T.D. Jakes out of Dallas, one of our favorite pastors. He's a black man that has such an amazing gift of preaching the word. And he's having a heartfelt conversation with Pastor Carl Lentz, who's a white pastor, amazing out of Hillsong NYC. And it's all going to be wrapped up by a beautiful piece of a song named I Just Want to Live by a 12-year-old singer out of Jacksonville, Florida. His name is Kedron Bryant. We want what you want. It's not a mystery. We 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 want to grow old. We we want to live. We want a chance and opportunities. We want better education and to give equal access to opportunities. We we want that. We just want to live. I'm a young black man. They did a crime, or they're belligerent, or they're out of control, or they broke out a window, or they were beating their wife, or they were abusive or something. And we are not asking not to be arrested. We are just asking not to be tried on the sidewalk. That's all. Just, just don't arrest me, try me, convict me, and kill me on the sidewalk. While you take the other victim who killed gave McDonald's. And you take them out to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. And you can't say you can't see that. You can't be that blind that you don't see that. And I, and I challenge us today to work on just being better people. I just want to leave. God broke
represents who these cops are from all over the county and around this nation. We go out there to help people, not do that nonsense. There we go. Where's, where's my man? Tell you. We want to be with y'all for real. So I took my helmet off and laid the batons down. Yeah. I want to make this a parade, not a protest. You tell us what you need to do. living through a very painful time in our history, but a time where we have an opportunity as a generation to create real change that's been necessary for so many years, but hasn't happened. And we should be excited that we can leave that legacy of change for the next generations. Love you guys and God bless. Thanks for hanging out with us on Los Otelos Podcast. When you're a Delta SkyMiles Reserve American Express card member, your favorite meal in another city is just an online booking away. Así que conocerás dónde se consigue el mejor pan dulce to have with your morning cafecito in L.A. Where's the best pupusería in the Bay? ¿Y dónde encontrar la salsa verde más rica en San Antonio? Because you're the travel foodie. The Delta SkyMiles Reserve American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know reserve. Best Western made booking our family beach vacation a breeze. And it felt a little like... (laughs) (laughs) Time to go. Okay, kids, back in the room. You gotta come on, guys. It has to be like... Good night. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western.